Okay, welcome to this Strengthening Families and Communities Forum. I'm so happy you can attend uh, here or online. And our next speaker is yours truly. For those who don't know me, I am the founder of Urban Life Training. Come on up, Stacy. But anyway, I have two two children, two grandchildren. This is my wife, Stacy. Oh, we're married 40 years. So yeah, I'm going to share my first presentation at this time. Did you want to say anything, Stacy? Mm -hmm. God bless you all. You know, Patty, you kind of remember the thing: God is not dead. Well, you and people like this are proving that. You know. Amen. Two parts to, to basically of my presentation. So um, the first one, I guess you could say, is more like internally or spiritual, and another one is more about how to uh, you know reactualize what we we're talking about about absence-centered education. Yeah, this is a little about me. I was blessed in marriage, as I said, forty years for forty years by Reverend Sungmin Moon, and Mrs. Moon, on July first, nineteen eighty-two, in Mass Square Garden. We're married. Uh, have two children, two grandchildren. We founded Urban Life Training, which is a nonprofit that deals with absence-centered education in 2002. And we've given absence-centered education to 3,000 youth in D.C. area, mostly in D.C. itself, and had clubs for 300 middle and high school youth. And I'm trained in a number of relationship intelligence, a number of absence-centered curricula, as you see there. Uh, this is my dad and mom in England after World War II. Oh, my, my mom died young. My dad is still alive, though. He's 98. How about that? My dad, mom, grandma Jeju, grandma Bubba, Michael and Margaret. I'm not on the scene yet. That's in England after World War II. That's my mom and grandma Nana. Oh, oh that's the children. That's, that's uh, me. I'm the little one. All about that, and my brothers and sisters, Michael, Margaret, and Ray. And this is our daughter, uh, Sarah. That's her husband, Patrick. This is just recently at Christmas. That's uh, Clarissa, and the littlest one, Victoria, and me and me and uh, Stacy. All right. So now my presentation. So putting God first is very crucial. So I'm going to share some quotes here. A revolution of true love. Citizens of Chanogook, that means, by the way, kingdom of heaven, that's a Korean term, who truly love God. Time is running out. Heaven will no longer wait for us. God is working with his authority as a king of kings through his representatives, earthly true parents, to establish a new heavenly law and restore the world. It is time to accelerate this true love revolution. Therefore, on this solemn occasion, I'll proclaim to all of heaven and earth an outline of the new heavenly law by which humankind and all things of creation will regain their rightful positions and be governed. First, this era, which is gradually bringing us toward the year 3000, will be the era of revolutionary change after the coming of heaven. In this new era, God will no longer be captive to the principles of restoration through indemnity. It will be the time when the King of Kings rules the spiritual and physical worlds with his rightful authority. It will be the era of providential refuge from evil, during which the earth will return to its original state with the realm of the Pacific Rim serving as a central axis. People will no longer be beyond the influence of the air of the new heaven way of heaven and of the new heavenly law. Therefore, you must lead a transparent life with your every action being as clear as crystal. Second, we must accomplish a revolution in educating all people on the value of absolute sexual ethics. That is on the constitution of heaven with God as its vertical absolute axis. 
This is the only way to pass on the true good lineage to all humankind. That is a path to achieving God's ideal of true families. From now on, sexual purity, purity of lineage, and purity of love will be the educational philosophy of the true human race. Amen, I say to that. So that's from Reverend Samuel Moon. It's excerpted from Peace Message number 17, Truly Peaceful World of the True Parent UN. So uh, this is about reason to study the unification principle. That's like the revelation that uh, Reverend Moon had that is a biblical worldview, but it really uh, clarifies a lot of the questions in the Bible. So resolving all the problems in the real world, problems in today's world, view of human life, mind and body, conflict, confrontation, struggle, individuals, family, size, and nations, family issues, divorce, infidelity, breakdown, immorality among teens, young adults, homosexuality, same-sex marriage, AIDS, abortion, gender ideology, school violence, labor management relations, racial discrimination, international borders, religious conflict, spiritual phenomena, environmental pollution. So these are all issues that need to be addressed and actually are addressed by this comprehensive worldview. Food shortages, ideological issues, philosophy, democracy versus communism, global issues, Asian, Middle East, issues in philosophy, existence, nature of existence and relationships, peace and unification issues, war, hunger, disease, education. And the view of God. We need to have a comprehensive view of God, as we've been saying. So view of life, marriage, nation, world history, universe, true view of humans. What kind of being am I? Am I true? Am I false? True values. How to distinguish right from wrong, good versus evil, true versus false, truth versus untruth. So the values you have, and this is uh, very important, of course, determine your thoughts, judgments, opinions, decisions, actions, and lifestyles. How did these problems occur? By the human fall. If Adam and Eve had to believe in God's word and practiced it to reach completion, they would have become the true parents and God's ideal world of creation would have been realized. So that's the three great blessings that are in Genesis 1.28, you know, to be fruitful, to multiply, to have dominion. Because they fell, Adam and Eve could not become the true parents. They became false parents and formed a false family. The world became a world of evil on earth and in heaven. This is the cause of the world's problems. Because humanity is born from false parents, we cannot solve the problems of the real world. Why is this? It's because humanity that is descended from fallen Adam and Eve was lost, has lost the true God. We were born sinner on Satan. Human beings lost our true parents and became orphans. When the true parent comes and performs the holy blessing ceremony, the first time since being of creation, the true parent ideal begins. The completion of the ideal of creation will be accomplished. The true parent must bring Satan to natural subjugation by fighting myriad Satans on earth and in the spirit world by means of the principle of restoration to indemnity to gain victory in each of the eight vertical and horizontal stages laid by the false parent. Only then can the true parents be manifested to complete God's ideal of creation. Satan's world began with Adam and Eve committing the fall through illicit sex and becoming false parents centered on Satan. And the, by the way, the unification principle, which we'll have a study tomorrow, talks more in detail about that. A lot more detail. So the world of God's ideal of creation comes about centered on God and in accordance with the true parents' teachings of OSDP, that stands for Original Substance of Divine Principle, or the overall teaching is called like the unification principle, absolute sex. That would also could be said to be absolutely good sex, you know, godly. 
Centering on the true parent, all the world's problems will be resolved and the world of the Chanoguk ideal of the original creation will be accomplished. This is the most important reason for studying the original substance of the divine principle. Reasons we cannot solve the world's problems. One, trying to solve the problems while denying the creator. Even when believing God, people fail to place God at the center, trying instead to solve problems centering on ourselves. People avoid acknowledging that we ourselves are fallen beings or all fallen beings. Leaders have tried hard to solve the world's problems, but the fundamental problems remain unresolved. How must we solve the world's problems? Through education. So new values, unification principle, like I mentioned, we'll have a study tomorrow. You're welcome to join here online. And the original substance of the divine principle, absolute sex education. People must believe and practice God's word and incorporate his word into their lives. Here's a couple of quotes. A human being is a body of God who is assuming physical form. Wow. Talk about sacredness. Since we are the physical body of God, we are the external God. God wishes to bestow such a privilege on us. And what kind of a being was Satan originally? The devil was actually a servant of God. Yet this scoundrel of a servant seduced the master's daughter. This was a fall. The fall, as recounted in the Bible, describes as Eve having eaten of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But this fruit was not a literal fruit. The rogue servant seduced his master's daughter. She is supposed to fulfill God's ideal by raising sons and daughters who would inherit his lineage. But the archangel created as a servant seduced the master's daughter. That became the origin of the fall. How in the world can such a thing happen? Heaven and earth ended up this way. If you study the principle, you will generally understand these complex matters. That's from Reverend Samuel Moon. So as I mentioned, tomorrow we'll have a divine principle study here at the Peace Kingdom Center, and you can learn the clear worldview of the divine principle, or also known as unification principle, which provides a biblically-based worldview with additional insights and understanding. And, um, oh, there's no card. It says fill the card. Anyway, this is Intimate Group. If you're interested, just let me know, and you'll get the link if you don't have it, or you can join here. What can we teach in schools that aligns most with this biblical worldview? Absence before marriage and the sanctity of sexual relationships. Notice that the efforts of those opposing God's point of view focus in this area, i.e. transgender agenda, sexualization of younger plus older children, homosexuality, gender confusion, and the encouragement of all kinds of sexual exploration. Notice that the breakdown in sexual ethics affects all other areas of societal breakdown. So this is from the Youth Risk Behavior Surveillance System, where they survey the uh, students about health behaviors. So in ninth grade, about two in 10 students have had sexual intercourse. It varies by state, but that's roughly true. Some, some are a little more, some less. In 12th grade, about six in 10 students have had sexual intercourse. That's pretty alarming, in, in, to say the least. Additionally, more than one in 10 students in high school have experienced sexual dating violence. So what kind of sexual health and relationship education are students getting in high school? So the next I'd like to play is a clip of me giving a testimony to our, not testimony, is that what they call it? Anyway, to our Board of Education about this issue. So let's listen to that. It should play by itself. I also want to address especially the um, two new health education curricula that I understand are up for approval tonight. Um, the organization my wife and I found in 2003, which is Urban Life Training, 
has extensive experience teaching absence centers, sexual risk avoidance, sexual health education over to over 3,000 youth and also providing peer counseling and clubs to interested youth in middle and high school. We did that in uh, D.C. and other uh, surrounding metro area. The two curricula that you have chosen indicate that they adhere to the guidelines by SICUS, an organization founded by Mary Calderon of Planned Parenthood. SICUS promotes so-called comprehensive sex education. That means that school-age youth are not encouraged to abstain from sexual activity. Sexual exploration is seen as being healthy as long as contraceptives are used. This contrasts with absence-centered sexual health education, which is a real comprehensive sexual health education. This is because sexual abstinence is stated as the expected standard for school-age youth. You think that's common sense, right? That's in line with federal Title V standards. Virtually 100% of parents, in my experience, agree with this approach, yet you're trying to purchase a curriculum curricula, I should say, that will encourage sexuality of all kinds, including same-sex relationships. Keep in mind that middle and high school youth are impressionable and are not clear whether or not they have same-sex attraction. To use a cr curriculum that ascribes to Sika's philosophy that, quote, sex ed as Sika's envisions that connects and addresses a variety of social issues, sex ed sits at the nexus of many social justice movements from LGBTQ rights and reproductive justice to the found Me Too movement, and urgent conversations around consent and healthy relationships, unquote. Therefore, you're choosing activist curricula that by their own standards promote homosexual relationships by normalizing them and do not promote waiting to have sex until marriage, which is the only 100% sure way to avoid pregnancy, disease, and emotional damage. I urge you to delay the curricula approval pending a thorough investigation of the curricula by parents and concerned citizens which should be made available to parents and community members freely. And um, I could also send you the Title V standard. Here's a really interesting point. So I gave that testimony, and then immediately following, for instance, of time, I didn't put it here. This teacher got up, this is in Jefferson County, and the teacher said, uh, my name's Willie Belmonte, and absence basically doesn't work. You know, I, grew, I was te teaching in Montgomery County and blah, blah, and it doesn't work. Well, that very teacher has now been sentenced to, I don't know how many hundreds of years or he had was actually the very teacher who said absence doesn't work after I said, gave my testimony has was having sex maybe then, but definitely three months later with more than one student. And now he's been convicted and he'll be in jail for a long time. So he go figure this guy literally gets up and says, absence doesn't work, and he's having sex with his students, and he's now been convicted, Willie Belmonte. Is that too crazy? That is crazy. I mean, so it just goes to show, I mean, the whole environment. So here we have a chart that shows the relationship between teen sex and behavioral risk boys, 12 to 16. And the um, virgins are blue and non-virgin pink. So you see there's a six times higher risk of alcohol use, four times or so of cigarette, marijuana, five times, running away from home, three times, arrested four times, suspended eight times. This is also true for girls, very similar. Six times more alcohol use, cigarette use, and arrested. And also, though, the, there's more emotional effects for girls, like six times higher attempted suicide. And girls are almost more likely to be lonely, twice likely to be upset, 
three times more likely to be tense, consider hurting themselves five times, and also, as I said, higher risk of suicide. So you see there's a lot of related negative risks related to you know teen sexual activity. This is, book is George Barna's Worldview Inventory. So I wrote a review of it, and I'm, I'm going to go over that because I think it brings up Barna, if you don't know, is a Christian pollster, and he's uh, they're continuing to do this has been updated now, but this is very similar. Each year they update it, trying to see what are people's uh, viewpoints on um, related to the Bible, belief in God, and et cetera. So George Barner's worldview inventory presents a concerning inventory cataloging decline of biblical faith in the United States. Only six percent of Americans hold a biblical worldview. Actually, now he says in the update, it's 4%. Defined as believing that the purpose of life is to know, love, and serve God, and that the measure of success in life is obedience to God. Only four out of 10 Americans believe that God is the basis of truth. Even many of those identifying as Christians have beliefs that seem incompatible with that identity. For instance, only 54% of those who call themselves Christians consider God to be the basis of truth. Only half of evangelicals consider unmarried sex to be immoral. Barna suggests focusing more on the religious education of youth, since most, the most formative years are from 15 months to 13 years, and also teens and young adults. But how and where will this group be reached? I posit, that's me, Richard Irvin, that a parallel education effort should be made in the era of teaching sexual abstinence and preparation for marriage and successful family life. The fall of man involves premature sexual relationships. If we don't understand the root cause, how be, will we be, ever be able to solve this problem? I would like to also expand on Barna's suggestion, suggested categories of focus for education. One, human nature and human character. Here, borrowing from the teaching of Reverend Samyang Moon, we can clarify the purpose of life. I too learned in sixth grade catechism that the purpose of life is to know, love, and serve God. That is a good foundation. But the Bible does not clarify how to do that. The principle of creation, chapter one of the Exposition of the Divine Principle, also known as the Unification Principle, expands on Genesis 1.28 to explain that forming a God-centered family is the very core of to know, love, and serve God. Two, the Bible, truth, and morality. These are like the um, sections in his book, and I'm you know, obviously giving my like additional commentary on it. Chapter two of the divine principle explains the fall of man. Furthermore, in the family rooted in absolute sexual ethics, which is a model for God's absolute and peace in the global ideal. By the way, there's a copy in your packet. So I entrust that to you for your reading. Reverend Clear explains that absence before marriage, blessed by God, and faithfulness in marriage is the very foundation of the kingdom of heaven. Three, God creation and history. Again, these are Barna's categories, and I'm like commenting on them, you know. The principle of restoration, part two, the divine principle, further expounds on God's work in history as explained in the Bible. Through this, we can clearly see the hand of God in history. Four, family and the value of life. Based on the understanding mentioned in Numbers 1 and 2 above, we can see that a God-centered family is the very core of his creation. The understanding of absolute sexual ethics expounded by Reverend Moon gives great clarity to this topic. And five, purpose and calling. As mentioned in number one above, we all have a specific calling to fulfill the purpose of creation, Genesis 1.28. 
to be fruitful, multiply, and subdue the earth. Beyond that, I agree with Barner that we need to make effort to apply our more specific calling to benefit society and build God's kingdom. We will do well to emphasize this calling to build the kingdom to emergent followers. That's his term. Those who agree with many biblical principles and others. Again, I see a movement to teach good sexual ethics as a natural outgrowth of the morals and values that, that those who embrace biblical principles have. This will also help you to fulfill the success formula of graduating from high school, waiting until marriage and until age 21 to have children and also getting a full-time job. That is, you know, before like having children. This campaign to teach good sexual ethics can unify those of many denomination faiths, something that is sorely lacking in today's world. So here's a slide that is from the um, presentations we use in the schools. To avoid poverty, graduate from high school, get a full-time job, wait until 21 and married before having children. If you follow all of those rules, there's only a 2% chance that your family will live in poverty. If you don't follow any of those rules, there's a 74% chance. So that's something certainly our children should know. I remember when I was in high school, they I didn't have this presentation, but I do remember like someone coming and saying, hey, if you use LSD, you know, I'm like 67 Monday, so I'm a little older. You know, if you use LSD, then, you know, it might mess up your chromosomes and you can't have children. And I thought, hey, you know what? I don't want to do that. So, you know, we need to let, let the young people know what's going on, what's the best path in life to follow, obviously, you know. But a lot of times that's not happening. God must come first. Okay, so here's another uh, quote. It's difficult to maintain order in the world and protect public prosperity and peace as long as political leaders conduct affairs while ignoring moral and spiritual values. No political power or earthly authority should stand above God in the heavenly law. And ideally, the president and representative in Congress should all have Christian values. They should all pass this test. Does God approve of the separation of religion from politics? Is God only the God of religion? If the Christian nations continue to separate religion from politics, in the future they will face certain doom. Yet even now, it is not too late for a movement to break down the barriers between denominations in order that Christians may speak as one strong voice to the political leadership. Then the world will have a path to a bright future. The United Nations and the United States should be governed with the support of people with Christian values. Christians should also be the forefront of the movement for world unity. Those are quotes from Reverend Sam Young Moon. And here's uh, one more. Two more, I guess. When a famine occurs in one part of the world, then the parts of the world where food is abundant should rush more food into the hungry areas. We have to build this kind of world. Presently, 20 million people are dying of starvation every year, while America is wasting too much food. This is a violation of the universal law. In this world, poverty is rampant. Hunger and poverty are deep-seated problems. Religious believers have a serious responsibility to deal with this situation. Over the past 20 years or so, I've been endeavoring to develop the resources of the ocean, personally fishing and investing substantial amounts of funds. As a result, I succeeded in inventing high-potency protein powder, a nutritional supplement for health that is being effectively distributed to Africa and other parts of the world. In order to eliminate the tragedy of starvation on the earth, 
I'm putting my resolution into practice. I understand that all religions should unite and cooperate with one another in producing foods through agricultural development, ocean industries to help underdeveloped countries. If religions lead the way in practicing true love through the investment in human resource and materials, I believe it will be a great hope to the world. That's from Reverend Samuel Moon. So I propose a two-tiered solution to help the world, to help our children, as you've been fighting so hard for. First of all, teach sexual abstinence before marriage and fidelity within marriage to our children. And also understand God's principle of creation, the fall of man, and God's providential will, as revealed in the Infatian Principle taught by Reverend Samuel Moon. And uh, you can join our study tomorrow, as I mentioned. Just let, let me know. I'll make sure you get the link or you can join here. Receive God's, um, B, receive God's blessing of marriage initiated by Reverend Mrs. Moon going beyond international, cultural, interracial borders and bar barriers. The blessings available to newlyweds and already married couples. So what I'd like to do is ask for any um, comment or question. Like if anyone wants to jump in, you know, you can unmute yourself. And just give a comment, or I think, you know, about what I've been talking about, or anyone here. Feel free. Lila, I, I, okay. I, I, yeah, I want to say something. Yeah, you were saying something that um, the fall of man was the premature sexual relationship. And I just felt like from what you were saying, it shows a lot just in a sexual, you know, like everything about sex, like the gender identity, right? Like the pornography now is like so rampant everywhere. Uh, the LGBTQ, RSTUNG, gender issues, like all of these big problems, like se same sex, right? They're all, the root of this is about sex. So I just thought that it makes sense. And also um, a lot of the, uh, like the abstinence uh, program are also kind of shut down. Even, I'm not sure how famous is that, even in the uh, churches. And also I just felt like it is, showing that whoever is doing the right thing is shut down or silenced and what is promoted is the opposite you know like all this uh same-sex gender issues and pornography are are we, we can see in our society that's promoted instead of the other side so i just you know yeah no i appreciate that observation yeah absolutely i mean it's really true i mean like i was pointing out there um yeah i mean it's very interesting because like the unification principle i've been mentioning has a clear grip on this like if we don't know that the fall of man has to do with sexual impropriety which probably most people don't some might know but you know then how are we going to get a grip on the problem we don't even know what the problem is so that's why i'm saying it's of course really good to teach sexual abstinence but it's even good to go a step further and just understand you know, like the unification principle has a um, a biblical worldview that um, expounds even more so we can really understand all the issues. Any other comment or question or something like that? Marius, okay. Come on up. So that the people online can't hear you unless, okay. You mentioned the spiritual lineage, but I'm sharing with you the same situation that I've had adoption. My son was not my physical lineage. He's adopted at birth. 
Richard's daughter and son also adopted. So the unification movement has to come back to the spirit of adoption. The unification movement is in a disunification now. Uh, if you look uh, deeply what uh, uh, the unification movement goes through now with the, the basically these three, the mother uh, in Korea, the two sons here in America, this, <laughs> and I'm focused on, it's not about the biological lineage. The Reverend Moon is a master. And he, if on 2001, if you didn't graduate, you're following a cult. So we have to uh, change from cult. Well, when I was growing up, I'm a Protestant. The Sunday service was not written the time of the Sunday service. It was the time of the cult. We were a cult to the Catholic Church. But I, I, I say I don't want a, a Catholic Church to dominate the world as either I want not another religion to dominate the world. So it will come back to the family that the spirit Amen. of adoption has to come back to our family. Amen. Okay, so if I'm hearing you, you're talking about religions, and yes, uh, the unification movement has been called a cult, and you guys who are older know that. But I would argue that even many religions don't look critically at what's going on, and there's some disunity there, but also there's like 5,000 or is it 10,000 or 20,000 Christian denominations. So yeah, I mean, so basically, I, I would say about anything I'm saying, you know, check your conscience and if it's you know and your relationship with jesus and like you know it's all free will so we're trying to strengthen families and also i'd like to emphasize even if some of the things i said you don't 100 percent agree with you know okay but can we work to save our youth can we put god first i think we can do that you know so that's kind of where i'm coming from